0: fans, and welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. Unglaublich, Rob Zachney. I didn't even have to look up a German word for this one. I just picked one of the three German words I know, which just so happens to be unbelievable. I think the, an appropriate word to describe uh, the race we're about to talk about.
1: It was a wild ride from beginning to end. Uh, when did you did you watch it live? No, I was in. Uh, so I was in Portland playing board games. So I kind of went dark oh, nice. the entire thing. So I watched it last night uh, because I was jet lagged as hell. I finished a work day, and so I was like, "Time to crack into both qualifying and the race." Um, and I'd had the top line result. Like I knew who ultimately won the race. Okay, and I was like, "That's probably going to spoil this," <laughs> but also I didn't understand how it was going to happen because, like, pretty far into the race, I was like, "I don't know what." Like, how are we going to get the finishing order that I think I saw? Yeah. Uh, So it was a really, like, every time I thought, okay, this thing's going to settle down, right? Not really.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I feel like even knowing the end results, it doesn't really prepare you for the sort of the snakes and ladders style route you have to take to get to it uh, in fact if you're uh listening to this podcast and you, you haven't checked checked out the race yet i would encourage you to hit pause and at least go to youtube and check out the highlights and if you have an f1 tv account if you don't watch the the full race the 30 minute highlight package they create um is definitely worth checking out
1: was the uh snakes and ladders reference a reference to lewis hamilton it wasn't. Please okay, explain. Okay, because he
0: described the race
1: as a snakes and ladders race. Oh, really? He said the entire race felt like hitting snakes and snakes and ladders.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I guess we're, uh, we're, uh, we're on the same page. Um, uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, by the way. If you're new to it, uh, make sure to check out our preseason primer um, if you need a, an introduction into the world of Formula One. Um, I suspect we might have some people listening to this one because we're kind of entering the break a little bit um, uh, in the next couple of weeks and we might have some people uh coming on board uh, thanks to all the people who've been sending an email saying that they've only just gotten into f1 a lot of people drive to survive was the gateway and uh it's it's great to have you all here um we have a little bit of an update in terms of patreon stuff f1 game history the fifth episode went up yesterday um it's all about ayrton senna's super monaco grand prix 2 which is a much more difficult game than i remember rob zachney um But it was still a lot of fun to play. So if you're a patron, you want to, it's Patreon. If you're a patron, a patron, you can uh, go to uh, slash shiftf1 and I get access to a bunch of bonus podcasts and stuff like that. Or just listen along here. Rob, shall we get into it?
1: Absolutely. I
0: have a lot of notes. I have, there's a lot going on here. Um I've color coordinated it so you can follow along. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> because this this is good. This is actually really useful because <laughs> this entire thing hinges on order of operations and like without a like even listening to this podcast without us explaining it, I feel like man there's going to be points you're going to wish you had a track map of various points of the race.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's like like we said, it's like uh, explaining a game of snakes and ladders, I guess. But before we get to the the start of the board game, let's talk about where the pieces ended up uh, uh, at the start. Uh, the qualifying for this, I don't have any notes about practice at all. To be honest, I feel like it's kind of superfluous. Um, but qualifying was definitely an interesting affair. Uh, first of all, Sebastian Vettel, out. Uh, in q1 I, I can we even say out he never got out he his car sat in the in the pits the he, entire he didn't time did an out-lap. oh he didn't out he didn't
1: outlap, and that's where he gets on the radio and says i can just hear air blowing out like something is blown uh so the i guess something broke in the turbo mm. and like literally like behind his head he could hear uh, something that's supposed to be under pressure, basically just blowing air out in, right. through the engine cowling and in the engine, uh, you know, in the, in the engine mounting.
0: And he had such a nightmarish end to the German Grand Prix last year, his home Grand Prix, of course. Himself and Nico Hulkenberg, um, massive shame that. This happened to him uh, at the start, at the other end of the of the affair. But uh, I think, as the neutral observer, I was certainly salivating at the idea of a Sebastian Vettel sitting at the back of the pack uh, at his home Grand Prix. Um, his teammate uh, Charles Leclerc had a, a blistering lap in Q one, uh, was the fastest out there uh, in terms of people getting knocked out. We had uh, Norris Albon got held up on his on his fast lap by I think it was. Magnussen? No, I think it was Hulkenberg actually um, we had uh, George Russell, Kubica and of course Sebastian Vettel, uh, Plum last uh, in Q2, the Mercedes kind of came into their own, Hamilton was fastest, uh, Bottas behind him we lost Antonio Giovinazzi Magnussen, uh, Ricardo, who really had a terrible weekend all together uh, Kvyat and Stroll, um, but uh, yeah keep an eye on those two, uh, Charlotte Clare then, sorry Rob, go
1: yeah, just a quick thing. Uh so they pointed out that Juan Pablo Montoya was there and mm. they identified him as Lance Stroll's coach. Really? I missed it. Yeah. And okay. Like, knowing as we do now that I will not take I will not pass up an opportunity to uh dunk on Stroll a little bit. <laughs> I do find it I would love to be coached by Juan Pablo Montoya <laughs> when it comes to racing. I, I'm sure he's. A, I'm, I'm sure he's a great coach, uh, but at the same time, it, it again it is a look when you are kind of the like quintessential pay driver, uh, driving at a team that your father literally bought and then installed you at, and now that team is paying Juan Pablo Montoya to be your coach, and they did say Stroll's coach, not necessarily like. Uh, you know, Perez's coach. So I don't know. I don't know what that whole thing is, but it was, it was again, just another one of those little, those little glimpses you get into the, the stroll racing effort that highlights the things that separate his career from other drivers and maybe the degree to which um, he is still, He's still mobilizing a lot of resources, trying to make that next that 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 jump up to the next level.
0: Do you think he has like Penn and Teller as his like entertainment in between practice sessions? He's just got this like cavalcade of celebrity uh, 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 experts just <laughs> sitting in the wings. I feel bad. We ragging him so much at this stage. I'm starting to feel bad about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, but I mean, there's an easy there's an easy solution to that, right? Which is like, and to a degree that maybe this is the race where he does do that the the solution is don't be like profoundly mediocre right and uh this race doesn't convince me of anything we'll get we'll get to where he finishes i think a like i think he's a competent formula one driver um but i think he is may he, he seems like he may be the worst or one of the three worst drivers on the grid and if he weren't who he is he would have been gone a while ago all right that's just
0: that's, I, I, those, them's the break i feel like i turned the corner a little bit on him so i'll be ex- i'll be excited to talk to you about that um at the end of the at the end of the the race here um so leclerc i guess suffered uh the sim the ghost of vettel's car decided to, to spirit away and jump into um charles car uh because he didn't make it out of the garage i don't think he made it out of garage in q3 right uh no he didn't it's all at all um but uh it uh, it was all sort of said and done for the Ferraris, of course. But uh, another great day at the races for our friends in the Mercedes. Uh, well, at least one of them. Uh, Lewis Hamilton came in in pole position. Uh, Max Verstappen behind him, splitting the Marx Valtteri Bottas in third. We We'd Pierre Gasly coming up in fourth. Uh, and then Kimi in the Alpha in fifth. A great little... Um, Uh, uh, qualifying for him Roman Grosjean coming in sixth trying to get some of them points I think he was entering this race with I believe two points Uh, Carlos Sainz in seventh Sergio Perez in eighth Nico Hulkenberg in his home Grand Prix in ninth uh, uh, really strongly at qualifying his teammate. Uh, Charlotte Clare uh, ended in 10th, obviously, because he never got out. Um, Antonio Giovinazzi in 11th. Kevin Magnussen in 12th. Danny Ricardo in 13th. Danny Kvyat in 14th. Lance Stroll 15th. Landon Ars 16th. Albon in 17th. Our good friends George Russell and Robert Kubica um, sitting slightly further up than usual with a lackluster sad Sebastian Vettel at his home Grand Prix sitting plumb. Last uh, and that was, I think, the makings of a very interesting grid. Not only because we have Vettel sitting in the back, but just it seemed like the wrong teammates were at the in the top 10. Like, there was a lot of, like, what are Kvyat and and uh, Ricardo doing down in 13th and 14th? Um, and really good performances by, I mean, Giovannazzi d- did well. Uh, seeing Kimi up in fifth was interesting. Um, and then Roman Grosjean. Sitting in sixth, it was a yeah. a real it's such a mix up as well. Like you'd you'd a, a Haas in sixth and twelfth, you had a Renault in ninth and thirteenth. There was a couple of races there, Rob, where we had like a lot of two by twos, sort of uh, yeah. Noah's Ark style uh, qualifying. But um, yeah, this this one had all the makings of a of an interesting race going into it. Uh, did you have much time to think about the the grid order before you jumped into the race, or were you kind of just? Back Not to too much, yeah. no.
1: Uh, I think the the thing to note here as well, and maybe this accounts for kind of the mixed up field, is that you've got a lot of teams that are rolling out major uh, design revisions, yeah. and most notably, I think so with Haas. You specifically have again they are running split con- like split car- like uh, configurations. Uh, I think Grosjean is still in the old uh, configuration, and then they are still trying to troubleshoot the new configuration with Magnussen, but Grosjean's pretty much been out there saying the new uh, Haas was just a misfire. He's right. like, the older car is just a better car, feels better. Uh, it looks like Haas is still trying to figure out if they can bring the uh, the sort of revised version of the car further, in, like, further into line with what the old performance was. I don't know what the game plan there is. And then Racing Point uh, introduced at least what Brundle argued is effectively a new car mm. like the second half of the season they're they're driving just a different uh a different setup a different package than they've been driving to date
0: yeah do you know who was a Perez presumably who was in the the newer version of it I hope so. <laughs> I
1: think they might have been in both. I mean, they might have been oh, okay. running identical specs. So because it's different with, with Haas, the issue they've had is they introduced, they rushed their design revision out early, I think, to Spain, and it was garbage. Right. And both drivers kind of came back saying it immediately feels worse. And so they've been trying to figure out, they are trying to do development via the races, whereas I think Racing Point may have just gotten it right.
0: Am I remembering I think I might have caught it during practice or something. Were the Renaults running something old? I thought I heard Ricardo was running an old something.
1: Well, they were definitely running an old engine. Uh right. I do feel like there was there was a spec thing as well, but uh yeah, so they were also they're they're basically trying to they were trying to squeeze the last of one of their engines out for this one. Okay. And they're going to run a fresh engine at uh Hungary. Now I'm curious. Why an old engine like arguably like loses some of its power capacity and it, mm-hmm. it just becomes a slightly less uh powerful engine also they're probably less reliable um uh, I'm curious why it, it, I feel like in the past I've seen more teams just eat the penalties you just have that race where you're like hell yeah. with it like you you know what I'm just gonna you know here is my fourth engine i'm running it early in the season just to qualify it i was gonna do garbage at this race anyway so here we go uh so i'm a little curious as to why at this track they decided to like run an older engine but there we have it
0: yeah all right let's get into the race uh i mean first things first nice and Nice and cloudy, uh, as it was last year. Hockenheim gave us a fantastic race in 2018. Uh, a large part down to the, uh, the 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 rain, which kind of came in in waves. Um, Various parts of the track, sort of like spa, various uh, strengths and at different times of the race. Um, as this race is starting, I guess in the hours prior, Rayton was kind of coming and going. And then it basically sort of like properly started raining about 30 minutes before the cars went out. So the I guess the decision was made that they were going to start under a safety car. However, there is the new rule, which allows um, the race director to uh effectively let them do a standing start so instead of the sort of imposed rolling start that happens uh when we have traditionally gone behind a safety car um the option was available for instance to uh to do a standing start so they did three three laps and then the decision was made to do a standing start uh you have a little bit of news on this rob
1: Yeah, so just – there was some – first of all, you had a lot of drivers complaining about how many times they went around. There was a little lack of clarity on the English language broadcast as to what the rules were. But apparently the rules were revised in 2017 to allow basically what we saw. So in the past, you would start the race under uh, – I guess you would start the race under a safety car and then do a rolling start whenever you'd return to racing. But you would see the lap counter ticking over one, two, three – as they're going around, because you need to take race distance off. The new procedure is uh, ra- like race control, race director has the option to run the tracks for multiple, for- run the, court- the cars on multiple formation laps. Those laps are deducted from the total length of the race, and then they can order a standing start. Uh, Or I guess they have the flexibility to order a rolling start. But here, uh, after a few times around, they felt the track conditions had improved enough that it was safe to do a standing start. And they formed the team up on the grid. And uh, instead of it being a 68 lap race, I think, uh, it was a 64 lap race
0: so i guess they had made a decision before the cars had started effectively that it was going to be a standing start they just hadn't i guess communicated that to everyone who was watching on television um so i guess yeah uh, let's let's get straight into it. it it it's such an interesting race to talk about because at any moment usually we can point to that's the moment when somebody lost their position but the sort of lemon dance that occurs throughout the, the next 64 laps means makes it almost impossible for any um uh One moment to be the moment, so we ha- we have all the moments, but i've also got a couple of moments where we 're going to like take us take you know stock and just see where everyone is because it 's a little bit of a um a cluster uh f shall we say um so I guess lights out away they go, first things first. You can see both of the Red Bulls have horrific starts. Uh, Max Verstappen looks like he just doesn't get off the line if it's a grip issue, or it almost looks like Andy Stahl, it's so bad. Um, Gasly had a similarly bad problem behind him, um, which allowed, uh, was sort of created this little pocket where charlotte claire was able to um gussy up and get past a bunch of people and we got a great we got some wonderful team principal reaction shots in this race uh the first of which was christian horner's uh grimace which yeah wonderful yeah good impression i feel like
1: very cringe
0: it's it's uh it's it's quality gif content i feel like i think it's ripe for it
1: i gotta feel like (laughs) man if i 'm if i 'm working in the grids i 'm telling them keep those high speed cameras away from me <laughs> like i don 't like i don 't want to become a freaking meme uh, just because i 'm standing here and like I wince for a second while Max struggles to get off and instead we get like yeah just a five minute shot of uh christian horner's face going through every permutation of like agony and discomfort but it was it was very funny <laughs> I, uh to to see
0: i i also heard reports that the drive to survive episode with mercedes was being filmed this race which God, i hope so. uh, God, if, I mean it's almost too good to be true i heard that some people tweeted that at us so i guess we'll have to uh, wait and see um but yeah, they, I mean, they kept going at this stage that the, the haze is blocking most of the pack. Uh, Giovinazzi went wide on turn two. Um, by the time they've reached corner six, I believe Vettel has made up six places. Uh, Le, uh, Leclerc has also gobbled up a bunch as well. Um, uh, and I guess it's, it's one of these races where I watched the highlights again. I also watched the 30-minute highlights. Both of those highlights didn't have everything in them. Like, they didn't have parts that no. were in the other one and it's just there's so much going on that there's i feel like we'll we'll get most of it but some of it's going to be ridiculous um kevin Magnussen pushes signs wide uh, this was the third time signs left the track in the first race he really seemed to be struggling a bit um with finding track position and and retaining that grip this whole time by the way gasly is basically swimming around he's flopping around like a fish on a deck of a boat he just can't well. seem to get any grip
1: In uh, Magnussen's defense, uh, Hulkenberg, I think, had also pushed him. Like Hulkenberg was going hard on the inside of the hairpin. Um, Also, did these cars just seem less nimble in the rain than previous editions of F1 cars? These things were wallowing in a way that I'm not used to seeing. It looked
0: like they were going in slow motion at some stages as well. They were just like creeping around the track, like nobody. Yeah,
1: yeah. Nobody could like get a smooth turn. Uh, these like the cars were turning like battleships, <laughs> and every like yes, they looked incredibly slow, incredibly tricky to drive. Um, it was surprising because I think there have been previous years in F one where you're just un like you're you're surprised at how fearlessly the guys drive mm. on full wets yeah. and how you you know it, it's just a a mist that cars are vanishing into. people are they look like they're driving roughly normally here it was very much um i don't know like snow in atlanta type uh you know type traffic out there it, yeah. so i i'm curious about just do these cars suck in the rain in a way like <laughs> other other like specs haven't
0: it, it also it looked like the rain wasn't that bad like uh, it the way that they were fl- flying around and sort of like Almost go karting around, like drifting around some of these corners. It looked like the sort of aquaplane you get when there's like a torrent in spa, but that's not really what was going on. It was like a so decent amount. Kubica
1: of rain. has said it was. Terrible. That's right.
0: This is the interesting thing.
1: So Kubi, Kubica made a comment after the race where he was like, it was like a night rally in the fog. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, really? And, yeah. And so Brundle also made this comment that the uh, cameras can be really deceptive because they're very good at sort of seeing through the curtain of rain. Yeah. But when you're on the track, uh, first of all, when you're down at the driver eye level, you are in the – because there's such – there's fine mist hanging over the track. Uh, that visibility is so much worse at the driver level than it even is at the like TV pod camera uh, level. But no, I'm with you. Conditions did not like. We have seen them run on tracks where there appears to be like standing water, like hmm. puddles and large amounts of like just sheets of water coming off the uh, off the full wets. That wasn't these conditions, and so it was surprising to see how how tough the track seemed to be and how much difficulty everyone was having, given that after a few laps, I was thinking, boy, it looks like it's uh looks like we go to inners when maybe maybe you time it right, you can go to slicks, <laughs> Which I guess apparently I was not the only person uh, in the process of <laughs> rationalizing a uh, Hail Mary tire strategy like that.
0: Right. Um, at this stage, Vettel is up into 14th. He started in 20th. Uh, Leclerc is in 6th. Of course, he started in 10th, having not uh, posted a time in Q3. Uh, Raikkonen's ends up into 3rd, but is then overtaken by Max Verstappen. Uh, and then Perez, who had done well uh, up until this point he just um, I guess he he's gotten into 10th position right before the camera I guess the camera is actually sitting with I want to say Vettel or somebody and you see yeah. Perez in the in the fog in the in the in front of him spinning and then doing a sort of a 180 pirouette sort of Alonso in Canada style beach um, up on the curb against the wall uh, slow like Yes. Every
1: every incident will say like it looked so enraging to yeah. be Perez at that moment because it doesn't look like he makes any obvious mistake he's not you don't see him light up the uh you know the the rev the, the tachometer on the on the on the uh steering on the steering wheel and yet the car just goes away and then it very slowly throws itself into a long looping spin and then sometime later it slides across the track and <laughs> slowly crushes itself against the wall and there was nothing perez had ample time to think about that but there was nothing he could do yeah Uh, that was it was the first glimpse we got of the weird track conditions out there that the cars will just quit on you yeah
0: he was super bummed in the um the sort of paddock pass stuff uh that was done after the fact um in fact he was essentially in his civvies in the uh in the the in with the engineers for most of the rest of the race at this stage, um, uh, helping out. Uh, that brings out the first of many safety cars. Uh, we we essentially get a massive rush of people into the pits. Effectively, everyone in the at least in the top ten comes in. Um, there's a little bit of an incident where Charlotte Claire is unsafely released into Roman Grosjean. Who I mean, we see unsafe releases that kind of look like unsafe releases. This was a pretty bad one. Grosjean had to slam the brakes, and I think uh, you know. Grosjean's capable of crashing on his own in the pit lane, so he actually did pretty well to stop this incident from, from uh, from really damaging himself and and Charles. Um, the safety car was in pretty quickly after that. It came in at lap five, and we were back yeah. out. Um, I, I guess and we- Magnussen's out there on wets, and
1: right. they're like so. Again, we're seeing this is a team where some of your backmarker teams and Haas is unfortunately been a bit of a backmarker this season. They're trying uh, some counter strategies and Magnuson's was it may still be too wet for enters so we will stay out on wets and take the track position that didn't work
0: <laughs> no he kind of gets gobbled up um in this little uh, fight between himself Leclerc and Hulkenberg I guess um or sorry Magnus you were saying Magnuson was still in the wets right yeah yeah um so Leclerc gets past Magnussen and then I guess Magnussen was compromised by the way that Leclerc over... Leclerc kind of over... he looked like he had missed the apex but he he had gotten back in and then he slowed down Magnussen who then got gobbled up by Hülkenberg as well. Um, uh, Then we had a a great little fight between I guess Magnussen is now getting caught by uh, Kimi Räikkönen and and Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Vettel kind of goes on him and, and doesn't make it stick and then Kimi sort of the rainmeister that he is um, manages to to get a bit of grip there and and get past Magnussen as well. This is on lap eight of our very long race. At uh, lap 10, uh, we have a shot of Charles Leclerc almost spinning on the last corner. He actually did pretty well to, to keep it on the track. Um, and then we get the rather bizarre uh, uh, announcement that instead of any sort of, I guess, time penalty coming down for Charles Leclerc for the unsafe release, that um, they've decided to fine the team. (laughs) Um, Ferrari just got to get a fine for that one. Uh, Which, I mean, Ferrari seemed to be a company that has quite a lot of money. I'm sure they were very happy with that one, Rob.
1: Yeah, that was... So, we heard um, a little bit from Crofty on this. He didn't think much of the penalty, and I was kind of surprised because unsafe release has always been, as far as I can recall, pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Like, you... Like... You kind of get the race death penalty when that happens, and there's because it is the the single most dangerous place on a track is the pits. It's where you have people not wearing, uh, you know, it's it's where you have people at their most vulnerable. Not like you know, not not in like hardened, not in like safety structures or anything like that. Right. You have pit crews out there. Um, we had
0: somebody break their leg the year before last, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, Ferrari. Yeah. Uh Ferrari mechanic got uh got his leg under the rear wheel and and uh, had a bad fracture. And so to have an unsafe release which to me looked pretty bad, like it was a near collision in the in in the pits right by a pit box to have that be like, oh you'll just, you know, you you'll pay a you'll pay a fine. My girlfriend at that point sort of remarked that it was um it's sort of like the way no parking signs mean there's no parking for, like, normal people. But for rich people, it means a parking spot <laughs> might cost $450. Right, yeah. yeah. They'll be, like, Ferrari will pay that. And it seemed, uh, the FIA has been a little bit defensive about it and saying that, it's, you know, there's, there's nothing uh, unusual about that judgment. But nevertheless, it also sat a little bit strangely with me that they just kind of, Uh, wrote it off and I've heard I heard the argument that well it was a chaotic pit lane Hmm. but that's not that's actually when you should be more careful not less and so that doesn't wash with me I it was an odd it it was an odd judgment
0: yeah a funny one it was a 5,000 euro fine which is you know pocket change for a company like Ferrari um Michael Massey's, I guess, reasoning behind this was that it was a uh, a, a talk that they had with the teams ahead of the weekend about uh, the potential for trouble because of the nature of it being a mixed-weather race. Uh, This one coming from motorsport.com. Part of the discussion that we had with the team managers the other day, knowing that the conditions could be changeable, was about taking into account if everyone was coming into the pit lane at the same time to do tyres. It had to be a factor in it. The fact that every other team thereafter was out, even though the pit lane is as wide as it is, Didn't allow what we saw at Silverstone with a car to pass on the painted area. So I guess he's referring to the instance uh, with, uh, I believe it was, was it Max Verstappen and Vettel? No, it was Verstappen and Leclerc, I think, um, at Silverstone where they were able to drive sort of uh, two by two out of the pit lane. Yeah, funny one. I don't know. Hopefully not one we see again this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, so at this point, Magnus has been gobbled up by literally everybody right, yeah. uh, behind him. like He's just getting snapped up right and left. So he comes in for enters, and sort of the, the experiment that Haas has run is kind of reaching its end. But here's the rub. It's around this time. The track continues to look like it is drying. It is increasingly looking like a dry track where you could maybe try slicks. The problem is everyone just changed on the enters, and at no point does the forecast clear. Basically, at this entire race, people are like, it could rain a little bit more. Could slow down, but it will always be a wet-ish race. Right. <laughs> but in the meantime, the track is drying. There is more. It is going to be raining more significantly. They're saying, like, it's the classic 10 to 15 minutes. But really, that means, like, 10 to 15 minutes, and then we'll see. And the problem is the track, the tires are going off. In a drying track, even enters begin to overheat and degrade. And so I think at this point of the race, it gets really interesting because you have, if you just change to inters in that safety car and you know more rain is coming, you're kind of in this trap. If the moment is right for, for slicks, this is the time to get in there and get your laps on slicks. But what if it starts raining like right after that? And you've just totally blown your race. But what if the rate, what if the rain takes too long to show up and you're just doing lap after lap after lap on like, just like, completely washed out inters. and so everyone is starting to basically like gamble right the teams who have good track position are saying let's hold on to it and keep keep guys out there on the inters, and eventually it'll rain again right but by that point is there going to be anything of those inters left to run even if it does start to rain again meanwhile you have teams starting to talk themselves into like maybe we got a dry track and maybe that maybe that's where we get our competitive edge, and so we enter this really dangerous stage of the race that basically continues to the end. Like for the rest of the race, <laughs> this dynamic is going to govern all the chaos we're about to see.
0: And the, uh, the other, I guess, sort of. Uh... Um, maybe random element in this is that also a free pit uh, pit stop can come seemingly at any moment because the, the track is in this condition where we could get another safety car at any stage or a virtual safety car. So how does that play into your strategy when you're thinking about um, what what tires to change onto? Um, this is not a problem for Daniel Ricciardo, unfortunately, though, as a big massive plume of smoke pops out of the back of his engine. He is kaputten uh, Kaputin and um drives off into the distance uh he's retired from the race uh the second one uh in in 15 laps um then i guess i don't know what are we calling this i i've written down as the mercedes wall i i guess it's the drag strip um yeah on the way to the, the, the drag
1: strip of the final turn the final
0: yeah. turn yeah uh carla signs does a little pirouette there and you should
1: describe this cuz the layout of this corner is going to matter.
0: Yeah, I guess it's it's so this is the the entrance to the pit lane is on the right and it's a a wide right-hander going onto the start finish straight which has gravel it's you enter it from another right-hander at f- at like fairly high speed uh and then you're basically braking and trying to retain enough speed because you're coming out to the start finish straight so you don't want to brake too much but it's got a, it's got a gravel on the outside until you get to the apex and then it's basically like a what they're calling a drag strip it's kind of this uh what do you even call it it's
1: it's there's just a there's there's a slab of tarmac hmm. out to the left before it, like it's not quite runoff because no. this is repurposed. You, they do drag races off this strip. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the orientation is there, but basically, you go over the curb on the other side of that curb. There is a slab of tarmac that is used for drag racing,
0: Pre- presumably it, very uh, flat.
1: Very flat, and I would also presume drag racing tends to mean that you've got a lot of unburned fuel being blasted out the back <laughs> of drag cars. Right. So probably it's also just saturated uh, with, uh, with with petrochemicals and uh, fuel residue, which means it's also going to be slick even under the best of conditions. Right. Um, in wet, probably is beating up even a little more, so it's going to be extra slippery.
0: Um, and this kind of goes then, all the way up to the up to the barriers, and then sort of as the turn keeps going, there's a little bit of a gravel sort of trap
1: yeah so if you once the once the road begins to straighten out on this onto the straight past the curb past the past what i think is a thin verge of grass, you have a long strip of kitty litter <laughs> uh, against the against the, against the wall uh but the drag strip goes almost to the wall i think in some places it actually does touch the wall but basically there's this long stretch of drag strip tarmac that leads to the wall and a little bit of a little bit of the litter uh but (laughs) under normal conditions it seems like that would be an easy place to recover control of your car yeah and you know you just straight line off the corner you recover control you rejoin that did not work this week
0: kind of was acting like a slip and slide for these cars um, for most of this race. And we kind of got, I guess, maybe the first uh, showing of just how challenging it was when Signs just could not gain control of the car, sort of did a little pirouette and then ended up with half of his car in the kitty litter and half of his car on the drag strip and was lucky, I guess, that it was the rear of the car that was on the drag strip, because he was able to back out of it. Um, he didn't have that much damage to the car. Who knows how his tires fared? Um, I don't think he slammed on the brakes like some people did, but uh, he managed to get out of it um, and, and continue his race. Uh, but it wasn't the, the last we saw of this, uh, this particular... It had, yeah. like, Mercedes 25 years uh, written on, on the wall, which was... Uh,
1: oh, uh, yeah, and they also were wearing corny little costumes. Oh, they were. Uh, from, I didn't see the costumes. Yeah, so yeah, dude. Like, so it was more noticeable on qualifying day because they weren't wearing their full uh, PPE. <laughs> okay, but so you had like the pit crew standing there in uh, like twill jackets and oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, like and um, got like you know old uh, like. Canvas coveralls, stuff like that. Uh, Toto was wearing, uh, basically Toto dressed normally, but he was wearing suspenders. <laughs> suspenders. I was wondering what that was about. Yeah, and a lot of guys had like uh, those old, <laughs> I call them old man hats, but you know what I mean. Uh, those like little, Patty those Cap little caps. Yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and also they're running a different livery. Yes, uh, nice. It looked nice. Really? Yeah, I, I like think the... they look like Kansas LaCroix.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I you're like not wrong. So <laughs> cans of LaCroix they... and cans of Rich Energy.
1: Yeah, the entire thing apparently was um, about, there's kind of a legend of Mercedes motorsports where they had to like cut weight on a car and they scraped paint off. Uh, there's uh. a good piece on this on uh, racefans.net where Keith Colantine and Dieter Rankin basically dig into this myth and it's fabricated
0: okay like, of course it is yeah, like all the best all the best stories
1: made up. yeah so this is so this is very much like mercedes got the strange livery that uh yeah to me just looked like uh like fake distressed can uh, aluminum can uh livery <laughs> it looked a little and, bit like
0: a gradient you'd make in fireworks like in 2005 yeah but i was kind and of so.
1: Yeah, I I wasn't feeling it quite as much. I thought it was it was also just so it was a little twee. I thought like this this whole uh, we're you know we're we're an old company, so time to have old timey outfits uh, this <laughs> week. But nevertheless, uh, the 125 years of Mercedes stuff is all over the track. Uh, in all this, they activate DRS right. for the first time in the race. So it's lap 17 where they where they activate. Uh, DRS. Right before that, Leclerc dived in for more inners. Hulkenberg uh, did the same. The minute uh, inter- the minute DRS went active, uh, Verstappen-, Verstappen went on the attack. Um, God, who was he? Who was he behind at this point?
0: Um, I'm God. I could not tell yeah.
1: you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I should I should have noted this. But uh, so he began making some aggressive overtaking moves. But the problem was, he gained speed on the straights. Negotiating the turns remained hard, so it's uh, it's it's one thing after another, uh, trying to trying to actually leverage uh, the DRS, and then around this time, uh, Leclerc being on fresh inters just begins taking huge chunks out of Hamilton's time, like three seconds a lap, and because Hamilton is on the old enters, and they've been afraid to pit him, yeah. Now Leclerc is on the fresh. And is just catching them up very, very quickly. Uh, you have Vettel on the radio saying these tires are completely kicked. Uh, there, there's, nothing, there's nothing left. Uh, Valtteri is starting to struggle. He nearly goes off at the final turn. Uh, Vettel is now on the radio saying, give me slicks. I want slicks. Magnussen comes down on lap 22 for soft. Yes. He is going to be the first guy to make the jump. On two slicks,
0: risky business, and and also the rain is kind of it, it, the rain is back in the pit area, but it's it's almost like a mist, like it has started raining again, but it's not enough rain to really affect the drive, but it's kind of has everyone on edge because all the engineers are thinking, oh, it's back raining again, it it's going to like pick up, but it kind of never does, like it kind of just sits, it's almost like a redusting of that whole area, but not but not enough to really. It seems like not enough to, to really affect um the decision making, which I guess then we saw when Verstappen came in and went on mediums, right?
1: He? Yeah, he, he goes on he goes on mediums. Uh Bodas uh comes in right like a like the lap following, but as he's coming in, Verstappen's already had his first spin. Yeah. Like a uh, full 360, right? three sixty, right? <laughs> Yeah, and like the crowd goes wild because basically it looks like uh, a scene in a movie where the car just, you know, he snaps it back under control and rests it back onto the track. It looks really cool, but uh it's the first sign that the slicks, as uh, as uh Brunel pointed out around this time, we were starting to get multiple drivers out on slicks. Now, a single one of them was turning a personal best, yeah. which you need to be seeing that because the cars are getting lighter from fuel. So if you are not – if the car is not picking up speed – That means it is a tires issue. Totally. And And by this stage,
0: you're thinking the driving, the racing line is also clearing up a little bit, right? We're 27 laps into this race. There should be at least some sort of dry patch running around um, uh, with a little bit of rubber on it, helping them out, you know?
1: Right. And that just doesn't seem to be happening. And then into all this, uh, Norris has to retire the car, I think it's Gearbox panels. Yeah, does
0: it? it does. And like in the sort of hilarity of there's just too much going on in this race, in the background, you just see Lance Stroll spinning. <laughs> just as, as Norris is like, you know, basically parking the car. There's just like, they never re- reference it again, but Lance Stroll just does a little pirouette in the background. Um, uh, this all pulls out the uh, virtual safety car. Um, the first one and the only one, I think.
1: Yeah, I think from that point we only got quick VSCs just long enough to get the safety car out. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, usually the procedure is you throw the you, you throw full course yellow, throw the VSC, mm. and then the safety car is out as quickly as possible. But so, I think the rest of the race it was just um it was, it was like skipped straight to safety car.
0: Right. Um. So I guess the next note I have is on twenty nine when Hamilton eventually comes in um to get on softs. Uh, he is a pretty slow pit stop though was that the double stack I couldn't see in the high ho- there was a double stack I remember but I couldn't see it. no
1: it was that later no. on
0: later that was earlier uh, maybe this was
1: this was later so this is them trying to get a stop in under the VSC so uh Hamilton dives in for because VSC it's a 40 percent speed reduction right so he's going to lose less time being in the pits at this particular moment he, it he missed it pretty quick I think
0: first time around though or something, because like, I feel like at least a lap of VSC has happened at this stage by the time he comes in.
1: Yeah, like he comes in on 29. Right. Um, and yeah, so he missed. The problem is as he, yes, uh, as he's coming in, the VSC ends basically as he pulls out the what it box. Was. Okay, yeah. And so, yeah, so Hamilton suddenly, the stop is looking less smart because it like now the time delta has changed. Uh, cars are picking up speed behind him. And then the front right just won't go on. Uh, they cannot get the uh, the softs there that's what they're putting hamilton on uh, they are right is it is it softs
0: yes he's going out to softs now i think they okay. it's a different there's a pet strategy later where something else happens <laughs> that's right and <laughs> soon enough yeah, so so they're
1: struggling to they're struggling to get the car uh, uh you know the, the car ready and it looks like leclerc is picking up speed behind him and it looks like hamilton is really like uh, put himself in danger of Leclerc overtaking him
0: but <laughs> yeah back to our good friend the uh, the drag strip Leclerc uh, just the same I guess as what happened with signs um, but just at a worse speed or worse understeer he just he goes wide on that turn uh, catches a little bit of the water goes up into that drag strip and just cannot seem to get the, the car to turn just like trying to fight the understeer doesn't do doesn't work, and he effectively just careened straight into that wall. Um, crashed out, uh, no chance of getting it out of there um at all. Um, and we have another safety car right after the yeah. virtual safety car has just gone in. Um almost immediately was it Hamilton at the end of his lap while he's on softs, he's just gone out on softs. Um, he also spins. Or yeah, I guess,
1: and loses half his front wing.
0: Yeah, he like has a a crazy sort of off the track, loses half his wing, and then effectively they had brought in a rule. They put a bollard at the entrance to the pit lane specifically because of last year when they had that whole box 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 stay out stay out stay out box 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 thing between Hamilton and his engineer. of course, Hamilton at this stage is completely banjacks the front of his car uh and just decides to eat the penalty, I guess, crosses over the pit lane, uh, past the ballard in. Um, it's sort of a foregone conclusion he's gonna get a five second penalty for that. Uh but way worse is the fact that he sits in the pit box for fifty-eight seconds while they basically change strategy while he's sitting there. They brought out other well, softs, I guess, or they decided they couldn't. Multiple th- things go wrong, right? right? Like one
1: I don't think so. It wasn't right after he left. I'm pretty sure that wicked spin he had where he busted up his car, like at the last turn, mm. the accident, basically the Leclerc accident site, the place where everything's going to go wrong for everybody in this race. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's, I think, where I think that might be actually where he breaks the wing. Yes. So it's not like they even knew he was coming in. So literally, yes. he was about to start a new lap and. Suddenly he is coming down the pit lane with a broken wing. I'm not even sure a radio call has gone in to tell them what's up. So he shows up in the pit box. The wing is still standing there in the garage. So the first thing they realize is, oh, shit, we need we need the wing. So that takes forever because you have to have guys run over and get the wing. And then there is the which tire do we want him to be on. And... Uh, yeah. So what's the call they end up making? They, there? they
0: put them out on inters, but I think the issue was one, what are we putting them on Two: whose tires are these?
1: Yes, that's right. Cause I think they might've grabbed Valtteri's. Mm. Uh, yeah, there was a fear. I'm not sure they actually did, but there was a long, like a long, slow check, uh, to, to make sure they hadn't, they hadn't blown that. Uh, also just quick note when Leclerc went off, uh, It worked out really nicely for Vettel because he was right by, like, he was right by the pit entrance when the safety car came, And so he just ducked in real quickly (coughs) and uh, went to Inters. Right. And so for him, like, at this point, Ferrari's definitely, clearly the Slicks experiment is failing for everybody. But Vettel uh, basically gets a free pit stop in a way that nobody else does, Hmm. I don't think.
0: So, okay, safety car's out again. We are effectively at the halfway point of this race, so let's just... Take a breather and actually look at where everyone is. Uh, they're behind the safety car at the moment, and the people who have pitted have basically pitted. And the way the top 10 looks like is you have Verstappen in first, who has gained one position. Hülkenberg's in second. He's gained seven. Botas is still in third. That's where he started. Alexander Albon's in fourth. He's gained 12 positions. Hamilton's lost four in f- uh, sorry, lost four in fifth. Sainz has gained one in sixth. Raikkonen has lost two in seventh. Verstappen has, is in eighth position, which is 12 positions up where he started in last. Gasly is in ninth, having lost five positions. Not a great race for him. And Antonio Giovinazzi has uh, jumped into the points um, uh, uh, in 10th. Uh, uh, the safety car comes in, lap 34.
1: Hamilton gets the five seconds.
0: Yes, Hamilton gets his five seconds. And... Uh, and I guess, which will be added on unless he comes in for a pit stop, right? But he's almost assuredly coming in for a pit stop because this is wacky races. Um, And then the next note I have is Kimi Raikkonen, which, on lap 40, which is maybe my favorite moment of the whole race because we talk a lot about how Finnish drivers, they do, you know, skid testing for the driving lessons, they're just used to being on the snow, all that sort of stuff. Kimi effectively has the same problem that leclerc had that Sainz had that um hamilton had that some more people are going to have he goes out gets on that drag strip but he does he does like he stares uh death in the face i feel like and turns into it more than anyone else he re- manages yeah. to gain regain control of the car and does so by you know doing what they tell you to do turn into the in, into the 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 spin i guess um and just fights it goes just turns left gets the traction keeps keeps resetting it getting the traction um uh and uh manages to doesn't touch the brakes and manages to just get back on the track it was beautiful wasn't it
1: you still got it man like (laughs) like kimmy's the king
0: so worth checking in on the running order again because basically at this stage You have a lot of different drivers on a lot of different tires. Also, Verstappen's gone. Yes.
1: On the restart, he got a very clean getaway and appears to... Now he's got clear air, the right tires. He appears to be unchallengeable at the front.
0: Totally. No more Mercedes in front of him, giving them that dirty air. He had a real trouble uh, trying to get anywhere close to them um, before. So he's away. Uh, Botas and Hamilton are now second and third. They've jumped Hulkenberg. Um, Albon is sorry. Hulkenberg's in, in in fourth, as I said. Albon's fifth. Uh, Signs sixth. Verstappen seventh. Gasly eighth. Räikkönen and Gio uh, uh, rounding out the nine and ten. And then we see, so we have we have Hulkenberg who was behind the safety car had gained seven position was in second is like fantastic this is you know not a different pit strategy than anyone i mean everyone's on whatever fucking pit strategy they they want they want at this stage but uh he's doing well and the mercedes overtake him but he's holding his own against Albon um and signs behind him and at his home grand prix he just bins it into that wall and you can. Uh, Martin Brundle made the point of, he did the sort of one thing you shouldn't do in that th- moment, which is he slammed the brakes, which re- basically any chance he had of gaining any sort of traction to get out of that was lost. Um, and yeah, he went straight into that Mercedes sign, like a bunch of them before. Heartbreaking.
1: I think, having watched a few in-cars of this, it really also feels like all those incidents begin in the complex of corners that lead up to that drag strip, like it's like the car begins to get unsettled as you make the slight right dog leg before the big left that sets up the long sweeping right. And it's like, it would begin like the, those incidents began with that first like twitch to the right. And it would like the way that corner flows at, at those speeds and in the wet, it appears that like, It begins like it's like an oscillation that a machine shakes itself apart. Like it begins as a small oscillation, and then when they come back to the left, now you're pushing it harder, and your traction is getting worse. So the oscillation is getting like getting wider, and then to try to make the right turn at that point, you are now trying to heave the car back to the right, and that is where you had people really unsettled, like sort of getting up onto that that drag strip. And Hulkenberg, it looks like he thought he had it again. Yeah. It, looks, like, it looks like the reason he tapped the brakes is because he thought, like maybe after he went over the curb, he f- like maybe he thought he had contact again and thought he was going to be able to like hit the brakes and and get back onto that corner without going the whole way around. Uh, but yeah, the minute he got on those brakes, wheels just like locked and the car just glided smoothly hmm. into the uh, I- into the barrier and then. He tried to gun it, I think, right, and yeah. then the cars sort are of like sort of crab walked uh, down the <laughs> yeah. down the barrier, uh, which you know keep fighting. It ain't over till fat lady sings, but it was it was one hundred percent done uh, at that moment, which means yet another safety car,
0: safety car number three. Um,
1: now here's where it gets interesting. Yes, higher perspective.
0: Let's talk about your favorite driver, Lance Stroll. Yeah.
1: So Verstappen, like a lot of the people, is going to inners. Racing Point make the call to put Stroll on softs, and uh, I think he's the only guy out there, pretty much, on the softs. Because I think at this point everyone is so gun shy. Hmm. Like every, everyone's gotten like inners are barely getting the job done. Uh, everyone's gotten burned by by slicks.
0: It also seems like uh, like apart from the speed issue and the lap time issue that that whoever is going to get points in this race is going to be somebody who survived. That, like, yes. Just get, making sure that you're on the track with the sort of randomness that's going on with the crashes and safety cars and the pit strategy. If you can just make sure you're on the track by the end of the race, then you should well, be how okay. how many cars
1: do we have out by this point?
0: Um, so who, Yeah, so who's retired? We've got um, Ricardo, Perez, Hulkenberg, Leclerc. Norris. Norris. That's five. That's five. Yes. So we have
1: five cars out. So there's only five. There's only four people who are going right. to right, and Stroll's in fourteenth at this yeah. stage,
0: I think. So he's he's in with the Williams at this stage, right? So like, why yeah. not?
1: Like, sure, whatever. Well, and also there's so many safety cars at this point that <laughs> track like just having good track position at the last minute could win this thing totally. For you. Yeah. So just get on like this is the time to strike. It's it's a chance worth taking. Uh, and so Verstappen gets a very clean getaway. Hamilton has a tough restart. He is completely boxed in this uh, traffic jam with signs, Albin, uh, and Gasly. Uh, Albin gets super wide in that hole in, in that whole yeah. clusterfuck. Um, he gets overtaken so he by everyone. Four, yeah, like he gets. He's the guy in the game of musical chairs getting around that corner. He lost <laughs> yeah. and just like plummeted, uh, four four spaces. Um, fourth
0: to eighth, even Vettel managed to get him two to two laps, two turns later. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then, um, so we got a renewal of the Ferrari Intramural Racing League. Uh, <laughs> as I think Vettel is attacking Raikkonen at this point, right? Yeah, um. Is this and
0: is this lap forty eight? We have him. We have Giovinazzi, Raikkonen, and Vettel.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verstappen's um, gone
0: on to softs at this stage as well, right? I think Hamilton's coming into the pits for softs. Um, yeah, because in the, in the middle of all this, Stroll is turning really fast
1: laps, and he's carved his way up to fifth, uh, fifth place hmm. uh, in in the middle of all this. So like the the stop has worked out very well for him. Um and so you have Vettel and Raikkonen come in for Slicks, I think forty eight. Th- are they still the only ones who are doing that?
0: Uh, the only other p- person I'm trying to think of what they're on is that while all this is going out, something we've basically not talked about for the entire race is Danny Kvyat, who is yeah. who is blazing when they all come in for softs on lap forty eight. He sets the fastest lap and goes into third. So he's presumably he's gone onto softs back on. Safety car number three, I think, but just no one notices because <laughs> he's so far back. No, wait, he couldn't have got on soft. Sorry, because Stroll was the only one that was on soft, right? This is the nature of this race. I Thought
1: so, but hold on. Let's pull up. Let's yeah. let's pull
0: up the uh... pull up the the, yeah, the 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 pit the the tire data. Because
1: the thing is, I could believe him still getting good. Like Inters were not a bad tire. No, totally. At this point,
0: um... and, and it was just interesting that like this was. Uh, Going to that point about it's just a case of surviving at this stage, and that the safety cars will bunch everyone up. That we have Danny Kivat, who effectively we have not talked about for the previous fifty laps, is uh is suddenly sitting in a podium position, um based off of I guess everyone else having to do a massive pivot onto those softs at lap forty eight.
1: Yeah, let me just pull up the um the stats. Okay, only does so yeah, he goes on the slicks with everyone else uh, midway through the race, then gets right back on the inners.
0: Um, and he's still on the inners at this stage? Yes,
1: yeah, so let, me, let me see here. So 3, 25, 28, uh, 38, uh, 45. 45 he goes to compound 4. So no, he slipped in, so right when Stroll did... He also slipped in and got a uh, got a, got a stop done. It looks like cool. I'm so on a he pair moves softs. to uh, was was C4 the soft. Yeah, it looks like it was. Um, let's see what what's I yeah, think it was yeah it would have yeah, been so, yeah, yeah two it's, three, it's the soft four, yeah because yeah the medium was the three. Uh, so yeah, he goes to soft. So he yeah he's on softs like Stroll. Um and has just been. Setting a pretty blazing path, you know, blazing trail and gets on stroll like right away.
0: Yeah. But by lap 51, he's overtaken him and does it pretty easily. Uh, Lance, after the race, was pretty disappointed with himself. He felt like he had gone slightly wide on the turn previous, um, which really allowed Danny to to catch him and overtake uh, on the straight right afterwards. Uh, Stroll said that if he had not done that, he, he don't think that the, 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 the there was enough of a, a gap or there was too much of a gap for Danny to make the move and that maybe he would have been able to defend him. Um But sadly, that was uh, not the case for Lance, who is now down into third. Um, So at this stage, we're effectively looking at, we have Verstappen still in first. We have Kvyat in second and Stroll in third. But we have um, a raging, uh, uh, I guess, probably the one everyone's looking at at this stage is Sebastian Vettel. Um, But while this all happens, Hamilton goes wide on turn one which yeah. I think is the only other person I saw do it was Gasly on the first lap. Oh, no, that was turn two. So Hamilton went white on turn one. Um, ends up behind the Williamses in plum last. Kvyat overtakes him. They've all been bunched up again because of the safety car uh, at this stage. Um, but he was actually lucky to even survive at this stage. He he taps the the wall a little bit with his rear left um, and got out of it. And uh, I'm not sure if I want to bring it up now, but I saw you post a news story that he, at this stage, he basically wants it to retire right
1: yeah he he said this this is done um there's no point in staying out he's also very frustrated because it felt like all the strategy calls had gone wrong and it was the pit wall who said we don't know what's going to happen stay out there that's right you know you don't like we are still in this for something so don't give up uh which was clearly the right call like it, it, that was a moment where you needed somebody to be the the, the level head uh, for Lewis, where you can be emotional, and this was a case where, in this race, shit. If you're in the if you're in the last place, who cares? Right, you stay out there. Like if you finish, decent chance there's points because like somebody else is going to go off.
0: Totally. If you're in last place in like arguably the best car as well, like, and, and also like a yeah. quarter of the field is gone at this stage. Like last place is five places up than what it was at the start of the race. Um, in fact, it's going to get a little bit easier for him because on lap 57 in the background of one of the shots, we see another silver arrows, um, careering through our favorite drag strip into the Mercedes 125 year banner goes Valtteri Bottas, uh, Toto Wolf bangs his desk, his suspenders flap about in the air. Uh we have safety car number four, and Votas is out of the race. Um this one might have been the worst of the crashes. He really smacked that wall pretty badly.
1: Yeah, this one uh really, really roughed up his his car. Um but was it So I'm curious here, was it the final corner?
0: I think it was the second last corner, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was the the, the penultimate corner. In
1: my note, I fe- like in my note, I just have like a T one written in the margin next to that. So I think oh, right. he might have actually. Uh, I'm I'm, wa- I'm watching the replay right now yeah. just to just to verify that because I, I think he. Oh, you're right. Ser- there's
0: there's two straights, isn't there? So turn one goes into another straight. Yeah. The,
1: yeah. The problem is turn one looks identical <laughs> to turn uh like it, it looks effectively identical to turn 16.
0: Right because um, the camera angle is them it's looking straight down right
1: right so i think
0: yeah so if it was turn one then it was where hamilton had gone off um one lap earlier uh hamilton yeah. of course has f- perhaps flat spotted his, his tires maybe or or damaged one of them during that crash and um, so he decides to uh, I guess safety car number four is out, so maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, but Hamilton decides to come in uh, to pit for his sixth visit to the pits. Uh, this race is um, back out in last, but uh, has a fresh pair of softs on his yeah. feet. So,
1: yeah, um, not a good, not a good accident from Valtteri. No, it was. Like, why are you using the curb in these conditions?
0: Yeah, that's and that's what it seems to be, right? It's whenever they get a lick of that curb, it's just it's you know yeah. dice roll at that stage. Um, so the safety car is coming in, lap 59. We have five laps left. Let's take a little bit of a breather again and have a look at our top 10. We have Max Verstappen in first. Danny Kvyat behind him. Lance Stroll retaining third. We have Sainz in fourth. Just an absolutely absurd second through uh, fourth. Uh, Sebastian Vettel behind them, who's feeling real chompy. Uh, Alexander Albon behind him. Pierre Gasly uh, somehow <laughs> managing to get up <laughs> almost into the, t- the first half of the the top 10. Uh, Raikkonen uh, s- kind of sitting pretty where he's been for most of the the, the race. Roman Grosjean is back up into the points and may score his first points since what, the first or second lap of the season race of the season. We've talked so much about how he needs to get points. He's sitting on two world championship points at the moment. Um Uh, so he's got a chance and Magnussen's you know obviously not getting points this race and then Antonio Gervinazzi who has been delighted to be in 10th for most of this race and is holding onto it for dear life five laps to go Rob Zachney Vettel on the hunt already straight up onto the gearbox of Carlos Sainz
1: yeah uh this is the race this is the strange this is the paradox of Sebastian Vettel (laughs) (laughs) good conditions We've seen him make tons of unforced errors. Mm. Awful conditions. He drives a, like, just gem of a race. Uh, It's very clean. He goes inside on on signs, uh, easily takes him, and then gets right onto Stroll's uh, gearbox. It is really something, and it's all very sure-footed. Like, Vettel alone out there looks like he's driving, like, practice laps almost yeah. it's, it's so smooth uh and it's one of those things where 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 has this guy been yeah. <laughs> uh lately
0: it's and and you're also thinking like this is the track that he last year in the rain binned it to lose the race a race he has never won he has never won his home grand yeah. prix um which is absurd when you consider you know, I guess. The, okay, some of, some some of that has a lot to do with where the race was during those Red Bull years. Uh, Vettel grew up not too far from uh, uh, the 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 circuit. Um, so yes, as you said, gets past Stroll into third on lap sixty two. Uh, Gasly has an unfortunate error. Let's say he has yeah. somehow managed to get up into the points by the grace of God, and. I want to know what you think about this one because the onboard that they showed, sorry, the camera that they showed looking down track at them, at the front of them, showed Albon sort of swimming out to the right and then Gasly basically just eats him up, gets a massive gash on his front left, really bad um, uh, damage to his tire and immediately pulls out. But when they showed the onboard of Gasly, I had the complete opposite reaction to it. Gasly effectively just kind of drove into the back of alban like yep did you felt that same way
1: yeah i mean sometimes things go bad alban is entitled to a defensive move hmm. gasly is trying to execute it so that he can't there, there there's no time there's no reaction he basically does the i'm going to just cut over to the right and and uh nip around him
0: like the Vettel Verstappen eats, thing we had in in silverson almost
1: yeah and the exact moment he begins to make that move, Albin makes the blocking move, mm. and he is entitled to make that move. Like if he had made one other move, I think we'd be talking about, oh wow, Albin, just a real <laughs> reckless maniac out there, just <laughs> yeah. driving like a jackass. And instead, it was like this is this is he can play that card anytime. Uh, it is incumbent on the person executing the overtake to know that, and uh, it's Gasly just. Like I don't necessarily fault Gasly for the accident itself, but it does feel like a lapse of judgment to have ended up in that situation. Right. You've got a car that should be able to do this. You should be able to get this done. Do you really need to be like have your nose under his gearbox before you cut over? And uh that seems to be that that seems to be what what, what got him here. Um so
0: Yeah. It's such such a shame. I mean, at this stage as well, you've got Gasly who started in fourth and you've got Albon who didn't even get out of Q1, right? He was 17th. Um, uh, Got blocked off and I had not a great, neither of them, I'd say, were having a fantastic weekend. Um, I kind of feel like if one of them had to go out at that stage, I'm kind of glad it was Gasly. I don't know. I, 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 not no, nothing about his performance during the race made me think that he kind of almost deserved to be in that spot i mean there's a lot of drivers who didn't deserve to be where they were in this race but in a way i felt like albon was maybe one that did
1: yeah i like i was fine with gasly throughout that race but here's the problem that so red bull put on a statement like i think today maybe yesterday that We have no interest in changing drivers for this season. Gasly (laughs) saved He's going to be a driver for the rest of 2019. Right. And they may believe that. I don't know that I do. Uh, But the real issue is that Gasly's underwhelming. He's not been impressive. And rather than making opportunities, he's finding opportunities for mistakes. Mm. And so, like... I think it's the I think the reason we're sitting here, it's like, well, I'm, I'm glad it was him and not Albin is because Albin drives beyond generally what the car seems to be capable of. Albin is Albin seems to be uh, sort of value add for nice. his team and Gasly doesn't. And so Albin, I think we're kind of we, we want to see him do well because he is putting in the performances and we like to see that pay off. Gasly, he drove an OK race. Uh, he made a bad mistake, but it did end the run. Um, he is showing better form in general of late, but the problem is, again, I just can't imagine. You're sitting there, you got a Red Bull to run alongside Vettel, and you got Albin and Kvyat back there. It's so hard to justify like saying, this is our lineup, we're sticking to it.
0: Right, yeah, totally. Especially when we look at how the, the race ended, I guess. Uh, Vettel did make it past Kvyat on 63 um, a lap uh, on, during which he managed to uh, set the second fastest time as well. So impressive, you managed to do that on a an overtaking lap. Hamilton made a go of it as well on lap sixty. Um, he needed to obviously get in the top ten for that to be uh, even counted. But uh, the race winner as well as the fastest lap um, executor was uh, uh, one Max Verstappen. He actually set the fastest lap that same. Uh, lap that Kvyat did on 61 Uh, he comes in to win the race a race that he thoroughly deserved uh, he deserved to be, out of all the drivers I feel like he was probably the one except for Giovannazzi who loved 10th position uh, he was the one that sort of des- seemed to be in the spot he deserved to be in for much much of it Sebastian Vella comes in second Daniel Kvyat gets his first podium uh, in what he referred to as his second career um, gets third position for Toro Rosso uh, Lance Stroll comes in in fourth Carlos Sainz in fifth Alexander Albon in sixth Roman Grosjean getting some points in eighth, uh, followed by Kevin Magnussen in uh, uh, sorry in seventh, followed by K-Mag in eighth. Lewis Hamilton uh, somehow manages to get up into ninth. Robert Kubica into tenth. Sorry, these are the, uh, I believe these are the amended results. Yeah, right? There was a penalty. Yes, there was uh, a penalty to
1: both the Alfa Romeos. Right. Uh, so yeah, so to that point. Um,
0: so G Giovanni and Riken this penalty. Yeah, this of so Giovanna let me just finish at the I believe Giovanazzi yeah. and Raikinen were ninth and tenth. Their positions pushed Hamilton, Kubica, and Russell up. Uh, Kubica managing to get points for Williams. <laughs> Williams' first point, perhaps only point of the season. Um, George Russell is sitting just outside of it. Then you would and Giovanni, Gasly. In f- uh, sorry, they were into the DNFs. So we had Gasly, Botas, Hulkenberg, Leclerc, and Norris, Ricardo, and Perez. Sorry, Rob. On to the penalty for the Alphas. This is a
1: Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to read a paragraph. <laughs> okay. This, is, this got both the uh, Alfa Romeos. The stewards ruled that the torque delivered by both cars at the start of the race did not match the torque demand requested by the driver's input within the required time of 0.07 seconds. Giovinazzi's delay was measured at 0.3 seconds, Raikkonen's at 0.2. Uh, by the way, this is a Keith Colantine article from uh, Race Fans. Okay. The stewards ruled this, this violated the sporting regulations requirement for drivers to drive the car alone and unaided. Uh, so what I'm, it appears that what, when you see that sort of lag between the driver pushing the pedal Hmm. and the, uh, the car responding, the engine delivering that power to the wheels. um, If you see that kind of delay, that means something electronic intermediated that call for torque. Right. And there's a point where that's illegal. Uh, the clutch is controlled so back to back to the quotes uh, from the stewards the clutch is controlled electronically via the common ECU however the teams have the option to tune some of the controlling parameters in order to prevent the teams from using this tuning to affect the way in which the clutch engages at the start of the race in a way that could potentially mimic traction control other other or other advantageous schemes the FIA requires that the torque in the clutch matches with specified limits the torque demand as driver releases the clutch think back to uh, the sort of ad hoc traction control we saw in uh, Formula E, right. where they discovered that yeah. you were seeing via manipulating the way the curves worked, uh, you were able to mimic traction control effects. So when the driver like puts his puts his foot on the gas, uh, the torque has to come within seventy milliseconds. Uh, because it was much longer than that uh, for the Alfa Romeos. Um, they decided it was a breach of the regulations. Right. Despite the fact that it appears there was no actual advantage. Mm. And this is where I get... I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I on one side you've got Ferrari getting a, a €5,000 fine for doing something that we sort of had all agreed on was a was a bad thing to do. And then where they did get an advantage. And then on this side you've got somebody has technically broken the rules but you know in the spirit of the sport like for goodness sake it's like especially considering the sort of grueling race that it was for you to get to the end of this ironman and then be knocked back based on based on something technical and such a minute thing it does seem particularly unfair
1: yeah and they said so they got they got like hammered by this 30 second uh this 30 second penalty because if you do a false start at the at a at a race, you get a ten second stop and go. So they just converted that into a 30-second time penalty. Hmm. Uh, and so that just, you know, that torched them. Uh, I don't I don't love it. And I think part of it is because I like Kimmy. And so yeah. I, I would have preferred to see like, I I like honestly, you. I'm not I can't pretend to be objective here. Like I I don't know how I feel about this. Uh but are we I mean, I remember the launch control era. It was kind of boring. Everyone was getting mm. clean starts. Everyone yeah. getting immac- getting immaculate starts. But this seems like such a hair-splitting thing. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe in the rain it was a decisive advantage. I just don't love that after all is done and dusted. Like, I mean, the, rate, honestly, the race leader like, had to... The
0: like- the race, race. yeah the, the, yeah it's uh, i don't know if it made much of a difference you consider the race leader had maybe the worst start at the pack or the race winner at the worst start of the pack um
1: yeah well yeah. i mean the argument is they got the better start because like at the start of the race yeah. they are the ones with uh they they're the ones who aren't getting wheel spin they've got the ecu uh, basically stepping in and making sure they had a clean getaway. So that's the argument. Hmm. Uh, I just feel weird about these kind of like major result shifts after a race yeah. when there wasn't a clear on-track violation, when it's something that you uncover electronically later. Um, I think I might prefer to see this in general handled maybe as a add-on penalty for a later race. Yeah. I don't know. But it's just, you know, it's it's a little bit souring. On the other hand, uh, big news for Kubi to watch.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, first of yeah. all, let's do the uh, uh, the driver standings while we round out the end of that race. Um, because, unfortunately, this did make a big difference to Antonio Giovinazzi, who is now tied with Robert Kubica. Let's get to him. Um, Lewis Hamilton ahead with 225. Valtteri Bottas in second with 184. Max Verstappen closing in on the finn. 162, massive jump, 25-point delta there between the two of them. Sebastian Vettel closing the distance to uh, uh the uh, to Botas, at least, as well, with 141 in fourth. Charles Leclerc in fifth with 120. Pierre Gasly in uh, sixth with 55. Carlos Sainz uh, closing in on him now in seventh with 48. And then we have a little bit of a of gap, and then a, a nice little fight here with Danny Kvyat, uh, with 27 points now in eighth position, jumping Kimi Räikkönen, who's got 25 in ninth. Lando Norris, uh, with 22 in tenth, uh, has been jumped by, or he's, sorry, tied now with Daniel Ricciardo um, with 22 Uh, Points as well. Then we have uh, Lance Stroll with 18 in 12th. uh, 13th is Kevin Magnussen with 18. 14th is Hulkenberg with 17. 15th is Albon with 15. Very easy there. Sergio Perez uh, languishing in 16th at the moment. He won't be too happy. Uh, 13 points. Roman Grosjean eight points. He has quadrupled his points uh, this week. Um, he'll be a happy boy although everyone else around him seems to also have gotten points so maybe it didn't work out as good as it could have uh, and then we have Antonio Giovinazzi and Robert Kubica um, in 18th and 19th both with one point George Russell is now the only driver in our championship who has not scored yet uh, constructing championships not much in the way of shifting here Mercedes with 409 in first Ferrari are second with 261 Red Bull are third with two. Uh, 17. And then we have a bit of a a, a a change up in the rest of the pack. McLaren, um, well, they're still happily in fourth with uh, 70. Scuderia Toro Rosso getting bunches of points up into fifth with 42 points. Renault are in sixth with 39 now. Racing Point are in seventh with 31. Haas are in eighth with 26. Alfa Romeo, um, I think that actually... Jumps them up, or no, they're tied with Alfa Romeo with 26, and Williams Mercedes are off the starting block. Lady, gentlemen, people of all descriptions, they have one single point. Robert Kubica got them that point. Tell us about Kubica, uh, watch Rob.
1: Yeah, uh, apparently, this is F1 history. You we've never had a driver get, collect points in F1 Grand Prix. Uh, after an eight... This is the longest drop. Uh, wow. So after eight years, he just got his first F1 points uh, since his previous time in F1, and that is a new record. Uh, so the return's working out quite well. The Now, there was an
0: argument being made <laughs> here that... Record-breaking return. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, just the, the all records falling before him. Uh, <laughs> to the point about Williams, though, so there was some... I pulled this that Russell was trying to call for slicks uh, at a critical juncture for the race. And he had kind of a kerfuffle with his race engineer on the radio. And then I saw you also pulled something. Yeah. That appears to be Russell getting into it with his uh, with his engineer again. You want to tell me what that's all about? Yeah,
0: Dominic Ellis on Twitter sent it over to us uh, just before, or to the Shift F One uh, at Shift F One on Twitter, and um, just before it's uh, we went live. It's a it's another one of these streamable videos, which I guess is just everyone's way of getting around uh, the FIA taking down YouTube videos. And it's a it's a fascinating. I'll put it in the the description. And um, it's a fascinating bit of onboard between Russell and his driver when and I. I'd love to be able to tell you which of the safety cars this was, but it was one of them where he basically gets caught behind one of the racing points. Um, yeah. Well, obviously not Perez. Uh, so, uh, uh, and he he has basically a back and forth with his engineer um, over the fact that he wants to overtake the safety car and get back around, but he can't um because the car in front of him isn't doing the same thing and his argument being that basically oh because the car in front isn't going fast enough that i'm losing my delta that i'm basically disobeying safety car rules i'm allowed to overtake them um so there's a big reddit thread where a bunch of people are are talking about it it sounds like russell was in the wrong but um uh, i have one little note here from one of the redditors talking about it just to give it a bit of context um uh, he says uh, in this uh, case safety car drove out in front of Stroll and Russell who were something like 14th and 15th because of that they both needed to overtake it however Stroll was unable to do that because he had the wrong tyres uh, slicks in wet conditions therefore Russell asked if he could overtake him and the safety car before him normally it wouldn't be allowed but Russell cited a rule that if a car drives unnecessarily slowly behind a safety car because of some problem others may overtake it Russell's race engineer however <laughs> according to this Redditor was super dense and just robotically repeated that the Russell needs to give the position back to Stroll even though he couldn't catch up to Russell who was driving very slow uh, 10 seconds over delta um so yeah at that stage he was he was driving 10 seconds over delta and and was you know safety car and and um i guess it was Stroll uh, uh, obviously um was behind him but it's uh, it's it was a fascinating piece of uh, radio, And I guess not the only time there was a bit of back and forth. And there was also another one I saw. Kibitza had a bit of back and forth with his engineer as well. Um, neither of them seemed particularly happy.
1: Yeah. Um, so Russell, this was around... Um, yeah, so it was, the, it was when everyone was going to Slicks at the end of the race. Uh, and this is right where uh, Kvyat and Stroll uh, roundabouts were, were diving in for Slicks. And there is a long transcript on racefans.net right. uh, covering the exchange between Russell and his engineer. And once again, like we kind of know that Russell's in the right on this one. Right. Uh, we we know that like ultimately switching to slicks at this point was the the winning strategy. And he is uh, politely at first, but with like increasing urgency, suggesting observing that it appears to be a good moment for uh for for slicks and they keep telling him stay out stay out stay out it's kind st- these conditions aren't changing stay out um and so then he's asking for information he, he wants to know how strolls uh what's what strolls pace is he asks how was our pace compared to the guys ahead uh he gets pace is good he says what is good i want a number <laughs> we think we think it will be the slowest car. Two Haas and the Ferrari will pull. Will pull to him. Kvyat will be slower. Uh, oh, I guess according this transcript, Kvyat might have gotten the the slick right around the restart. He right. Okay. That. Yeah. I need to. I need to. Look, I need to look at the replay of that because when Kvyat comes in, uh, seems very critical for understanding his final his final placement. But it just it did just seem that uh, there was a lack of good teamwork between Russell and the pit box at Williams. There definitely
0: Um, seems to be communication issues
1: there. Well, it's possible Russell may be... He seemed very... Like, he seems very, very good and very, very smart. Yes. Um, And so it is possible that, you know, he is somebody who is probably the, the he, he maybe is is the greater expert in terms of like <laughs> the proper race calls like, he, like
0: maybe he's too smart for his own good in, in, yeah. in, in the in the in that communication because it's you would think with a young driver as well that the communication errors might just come from a lack of uh discipline or whatever but he actually you know for somebody especially who s- swims around the back of the pack for every race weekend he seems like he's got an incredibly um uh, solid head on his shoulders uh there's been a couple of behind-the-scenes stuff with him where he seems uh, very mature. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, any other uh, parts of these new stories to get into? Not not too much in the way of news. I think we covered a lot of it during the race as well. Yeah,
1: Leclerc thinks that left over, that, that uh, runoff was bullshit, um, which he like it made for an exciting race, but should we have had that many cars going off in the same spot?
0: Yeah, it did seem a little bit like... Uh, like I'm trying to think of other races where that's happened cuz there's definitely been other races where you've had just a silly part of the track um it's usually a rain thing isn't it like just a little bit of a like a stream of rain in Canada or something like that it uh, yeah I don't know I I think it was unfair I think it was, it added to the spectacle for sure but it it was kind of nonsense that like all these drivers who are like the best drivers in the world weren't able to Get control of these cars. Say for the Finnish, <laughs> well, one of yeah. the, one of the Finns, um, uh, in in what seemed like a pretty decent amount of, um, it's not technically runoff, but there seemed to be enough concrete area for somebody to get a car back on the track. But it just seemed like they didn't even have a chance, and it wasn't even raining that bad. Like that's the thing. It, at no point was it like plumes of rain on this track. It was, it was you know light to moderate rain, and uh, yeah, they just. It took a lot of them. I, I can see that. Uh, there's a great little um phone recording. of Somebody in the track there. Uh, by the way, second race in a row. Germans and English fans, absolutely fantastic. Second race in a row. We had terrific, w- w- you know, wails from the uh from the audience from the crowd um as uh as people spun and crashed and overtook. It was the the cheers when Vettel was making his way through the pack in the last couple of laps were fantastic. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel bad for him. But there was that one, sorry, um, uh, phone recording where you can see Leclerc sort of shuffling off, you know, Charlie Brown style um, into the uh, off the track. And as he's doing so, um, Hamilton <laughs> crashes. <laughs> it's like they just happen back to back. And then he drives into the pits. It was just one of those races, I guess. Uh, should we go to our, our fantasy league? yeah god let's do it. Godspeed it to everyone who managed to get points this week let me tell you this is the uh, shift f one fantasy league uh, the uh, link to the our fantasy league is in the description you can you can join us uh, in fact, number seven was somebody who joined us it wasn 't rebranding they emailed us uh genie c f one is number ten uh dragon Ball gt is nine maca f one is an eighth uh, number seven is our our new recruit, rich Volt f one energy team pending foreclosure um alpha emojis are in sixth what's going on alpha emojis you, we, we're looking for that second half of the season push uh fry the tires in fifth defcon one in fourth mercedes all the way in third it probably didn't score too many points this week then um uh steering wheel hey hey give it to me move come on in second and the hamiltons break the system in first i wanted to see what was the who where the points were coming from with these teams and the Hamilton's break the system has a really interesting, uh, uh, point structure. They had Mercedes, which yeah. got them 17 points. Presume. I, do you get points for qualifying? I don't know. No, no, I don't know what that was about George Russell.
1: Uh, Oh, if for fantasy scores, I don't know.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, Russell and Kibitza, um, Hamilton, Botas, but they, Danny Kvyat, which, uh, I guess was the turbo driver. So managed to get a bunch of, uh, Uh, points that way unless they've changed their their team since it does say that was that was the last one. let me just make sure that's the right game week maybe this is the wrong one no same one same team the same same folks so yeah I guess I guess Kvyat was the one that got a bunch of points for them this week and when you put that little turbo on them makes a big difference um should we check out some emails round this thing off yeah absolutely Uh, Rob you want to take this first one this is uh, our rich uh, energy update of the week I guess from Reed. all
1: right uh the August 2019 issue of the excellent British auto magazine Evo has an advertising feature on Rich Energy. It seems to be more about William's story than Rich Energy. Notice the full-page photo of what appears to be a man in disguise. The <laughs> Stores that the drink will appear in aren't named, just boasted about by a number of locations. This type of paid article is usually about a new car product, such as a tire or a tuner part. I've been reading this mag for years, and it's unusual for one of these advertising articles to focus on an individual. I nearly did a spit take when I saw this. I hope you enjoy it. The links below are to a Rich Energy tweet about it.
0: Uh, yeah, you can go read it. It is a high-resolution um, high image of this beautiful advertising feature. Who doesn't love an advertising feature, Rob? Um, this is a, yeah. a, yeah, a nice little... It's, it's got the Rich Energy logo in it, which was the first... God yeah, knows
1: I love Mason editorial. <laughs> oh, no, I think, we, I think we may have talked about this
0: oh is this an old I, remember, one?
1: I remember this lead
0: oh you do well there's read, a new the kid lead. on
1: the block on the energy drink shelves of supermarkets and the formula one circuits of the world rich energy and its enigmatic company founder yeah 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 because we ended up talking about this in part because remember i was saying it's weird how kind of defensive this yes. is. yes oh
0: god i do remember that uh, sorry yeah. the yeah this was reposted i guess by the rich energy twitter account um sure it was only like last month so like, i guess we should have yeah, June 9th. So I guess we should have known that this was... Uh, I guess we talked about it back then. I don't know. Um, I'll post it in the comments anyways or in the, the description so people, if they haven't uh, checked it out yet, can can do so. Um This email comes in from uh, Tim. It's about monitors. I've always asked, uh, sorry, I've only been watching F1 since Azerbaijan this year and while addicted still have newbie questions. When in the garage during slash between qualifying sessions, crew often place what looks like blinders in front of the driver. I'm guessing they're dual monitors showing video of the track for the driver since he's going to be sitting in the cockpit for a bit. Correct or way off base? Uh, Rob, you want to take this one? What are they showing on the monitors?
1: uh so i mean, usually there's timing and scoring yeah uh data up on the track and so one of those monitors i think is always going to be showing splits i'm not sure if the other monitor is showing like a, a live track feed i think so or because okay. you, you
0: tend to get a lot of like drivers waving like in yeah. in practice right where they're just like it'll cut to the driver and the yeah the thing and they're like hey what's going on um i think maybe they show a different feed maybe they show uh I think they show replays of them when they've gone out just so they can have a look at their hot laps and stuff if they're if they are doing hot laps um but yeah, my understanding was that it was split times and and then uh, sort of the international feed as it were um uh Rob, you wanna take this one from Jessica,
1: yeah. Hi Shift F1 crew, I got into F1 this year in part because of the Netflix series as well as your show and eventually realized I had some of the old F1 games in my library, so I began to play them. and Then I realized F1 2019 was coming out and ended up grabbing a copy of it. I'm a big fan of speedrunning and I was surprised to see that F1 2019 did not yet have a leaderboard on speedrun.com, so I did a run and Submitted it myself, and now everyone can run F1 twenty nineteen. You folks were the purse people, I thought I'd let know because I'm sure there's other prospective runners listening. So far I've gotten a championship category up, including a Williams percent a Williams percentage category. And I'll have boards for ILs.
0: I don't know what ILs are. Sure ILs up. I'm sure the speedrunning community knows individual what individual laps. Ah, that must be maybe. That must be it.
1: Uh timing all of the available race lengths. If you if you want to start running, check out the rules at speedrun.com slash F1 2019 or come ask me on Twitter uh, at TLQT for more info.
0: Yeah, I think I might give this a go. Speedrunning, sorry, if you don't play video games, is basically like just completing a game as fast as you can, um, which is kind of just what F1 is <laughs> in a way. Um, yeah. So I like the idea of doing a, uh, uh, a speedruns. I mean, they're just lap times if they're speedruns of individual uh uh, races, but I like the idea of doing a speedrun of the entire game. I was half thinking for this year's Extra Life for Giant Bomb of doing like 24 hours. What would that be? 50% races? Maybe all 20 of them right. you might be able to do. Um, that could be a speed run if I do that. 50% races? Maybe I'll submit it.
1: 50% races are very good. I
0: tried to see if you could do... Because they added the 24-hour Le Mans package to... Uh, project cars too yeah. but i'm not sure if you're able to i think you Ooh. might i think you have to like i think you have to unlock the actual 24 hour race i think you have to like get through the career mode enough to get to it um i think because i know there's a bunch of liveries and a bunch of cars from from uh, from it but i have to I have to look that out if somebody knows actually please um shift f1 um Our last email comes in, another piece of housekeeping comes in from Fires um, about the W series, which I I did not know this at all, but um, apparently there's a bunch of stuff on their Facebook page, which is not on YouTube. Um, uh, they say, "Hey guys, uh, like you guys, I've been trying to keep an eye on the W Series for the past few months, and it's really been a chore. I'm in Canada, so no broadcast restriction, but it's been still been inconsistent. The early races were on YouTube for me, but then suddenly stopped, and I was confused. A bit of googling later, and I found the full race broadcasts. Uh, sorry, the full races broadcast live were on their Facebook page. Uh, so it's Facebook.com/slash W Series Racing. Uh, the Facebook page also has a lot of." Uh, full qualifying videos and many clips that are not the same as on youtube and this uh past week's race in assen i ultimately watched in its entirety on their twitter feed it's a bit of a mess but i actually was able to watch all the races Uh, i'm not sure how this mix of platforms translates to the us but hopefully um i've given you another place to check out so yeah i thought i'd just extend that piece of information out to um our community because it seems like a bunch of people are are watching uh Formula Two and W series. Um and yeah, there's a bunch of videos out here when I'm in the US, so you know, they're they're all hyping up brands hatch at the moment as well, a couple of behind the scenes bits and bobs. Yeah, so check it out if you're international. Um all right, that's almost the end of the podcast. Shall we uh <laughs> do, you, do you want to do the race around the world thing this week? <laughs> it seems weird to set myself up.
1: No, sorry, you mm. you made you made the bad. You okay. have to lie in it. Okay. You well, you chose a bit a long time ago. I, and now you have to do it forever.
0: I chose to race around the world. <laughs> it feels so weird to do it myself, Rob. I just feel so dirty. Uh, Super GT. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what, what? You didn't finish it.
0: Uh, yeah. There we go. It was the yeah, was it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you don't do the Elvis, live. you don't finish it off like Elvis, it doesn't count.
0: Oh, God. Um, Super GT is in Fuji for round five of Super GT. Uh, it's on the 4th of August, which I believe is Sunday, 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 I want to say. Yes, it is. Uh, Noto GP. If, uh, if uh, two wheels is more, your action MotoGP is on in the Czech Republic for the Monster Energy Grand Prix Czech Republiki. Uh That's on the 4th of August. Qualifying will be the day before. Uh, and then we have a bunch of NASCARs. We have Go Bowling at the Glen, uh, on Watkins Glen, on uh, August 4th at 3 p.m. And then we'll be off to uh, Michigan International Speedway after that. But I'll let Drew take over. Because his NASCAR voice is much better than mine. Uh, we don't have a race this uh, coming weekend, Rob Zachney. Let's have a little look at the F1 calendar, though, because I'm kind of... Well,
1: I think it's break time, baby.
0: Yeah, we're we're into a little bit of a lull here, right? So we just had... Is this the
1: summer break, or do we do we do hungry? August 4th. Okay, no. We've got it this weekend.
0: Oh, we do have hungry this weekend.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. And then...
0: No, we, nothing then September nothing 1st. until September 1st. Jesus. Okay. So no, we, again, wait, we we better talk wait, about Hungary then, because I didn't... Fuck. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Fuck. Dude, dude Germany was such... A, like, this is an hour and 40-minute podcast. Germany was such an unbelievable, like, I'm still feeling the effects of it, that the idea of having to subject myself to an order for I'll even say that the sort of... I was still recovering from Silverstone. When yeah, when this one came came about, and I mean, I know we were complaining about you know the Austria ring that was that was fine. France was the absolute snore fest but we've just been gifted these ridiculous Grand Prix since. Um, well, let do I talk about the Hungarian for like five seconds?
1: Yeah, I mean, like Hungary is another race that has a bad rap for throwing up bad races. Yes, uh, because it is extremely. Uh, There's not a lot of runoff, and so it tends to be unforgiving. I think it's a little bit of a narrow track to begin with. So you just don't end up with a lot of overtaking action in general. But I feel like I have been made a liar a few times this year. Right. Uh, Austria certainly turned out way better than I thought it would. So I am just not sure what to expect from this one. But uh, in terms of the track, it is my memory of it is it is rather technical but not terribly challenging in in, in a strange way right like it, this is th- this is a track with a lot of uh corners and not a lot but but not a ton of like Challenging corner complexes, right? Yeah, uh, yet that nevertheless, like you do really have to nail each section because you do have to build up a good head of steam, like rounding the corners. That's the uh, that's the main thing. So, this is not this is not quite like what I would call like one of those point and squirt uh, circuits where you just negotiate a corner, you get a quick straight, and then you go to the next corner. Uh, this is uh, a, little, a little more involved in that but the main thing that uh, I recall from this is just while there are places that overtaking look like a possibility there's rarely space to do it and there's not a lot of room to get it wrong
0: yeah, it's a uh, it's been a staple of the calendar for it was the this was the one right this was the Bernie Ecclestone's first uh, race behind the Iron Curtain that he was wanting to to have for so long. Um, Hamilton's pretty dominant here as well. He's got the most wins uh, with six um, uh, in in history, and uh, he won. I would say he won one, two, three, four, Four of the past seven runnings. Uh, Vettel's done well here as well, and Ricardo uh, got one of his first wins actually here back in 2014. Um, times for the race we have first practice on the 2nd of August, which is Friday at uh, 5 a.m. if you're a crazy person. These are East Coast times, of course. Um, second practice on at 9 a.m., uh, then third practice on 6 a.m., a little bit easier on saturday the 3rd qualifying on at 9 a.m and just like every race we've had for the past couple of weeks and a couple of more after the break the hungarian grand prix will start at 10 minutes past the ninth hour of the day on the 4th of august year of our lord 2019 Ah, uh, rob these past two podcasts have been the longest podcast we've ever done and long may they continue this season man what's I, what a I, gift what a it's such a it's like a sinus wave it's just like just it's <laughs> we had a couple of yeah. snore fests there and now you know i just don't yeah, want to I say mean, the anything first about GP this was
1: bad enough i almost didn't want like, i was like ah, yeah god when the sport is bad it's bad yes and then since then i've been like f1 is the greatest sport in the world and i want this to go forever uh by the way last thing here yeah so was this the last
0: German Grand Prix? So, oh, so I, I like I I think it, it's always going to be sort of impossible to ever say when the last German Grand Prix is on because it seems like it's been the last German Grand Prix for twenty years uh, or at least ten. Sorry, um, with everything that's happened, um, there was a time where we had too many German Grand Prix and now we've had uh, trouble with having either of them. So the last thing I read was that the it's not on the calendar for next year, but they are hoping to. Get it on. Um, it's always been a money problem uh, with, with Hockenheim, as it has also been with Nürburgring. But, I mean, from a pure well, spectacle at this point, it's given us two of the best races in the past two seasons. Like, and, and the best crowds. Like The, the German crowds are fantastic more Max Verstappen fans. Like, this is where it's at now. You know what I mean? Like, there was those years where Interlagos was the place to be. It was just, that was where the circus was. And there were between all of the, the Dutch fans and the Vettel fans, like, it was supposed to be a Mercedes home race and they kept cheering whenever one of those cars went out. I just feel like, yeah, it would be a massive shame to lose the German Grand Prix during uh, this era.
1: Yeah, I think it's... Kind of ridiculous that we might be losing that. I do feel like every time they've killed off a great venue, um, it's probably been a, mis- a mistake. Hmm. Uh, I, mind you, like I'm probably I'm not sitting here like rending my garments over like the loss of the San Marino Grand Prix, right? Yeah, like that. Like there there were some circuits where you know it's it's fine. We still we still have a great Italian Grand Prix site at Monza. Monza is uh, you know a a wonderful track uh with, with with tons of history but i would i would does, prefer
0: monaco to uh, yes pull this, is, cards. this is exactly it yeah. like
1: they went away from france for like the better like over a decade and now we're back at what feels like a glorified karting track mm. and meanwhile one of the best circuits in europe is not being used right. for f1 yeah. and that is badly frustrating and so yeah not being at monaco uh, feels like a a mistake and then there there's this other issue which is and this was the Ecclestone model, and this is why so many races are held in, like, Gulf states and such. Like, there is no developing world petrostate yeah. and autocracy <laughs> that Bernie would not try to get, like, exchange a degree of, like, international uh, celebrity and legitimacy for in exchange for a large uh, cash payment for holding a race there. Mm. And that meant that the going rate of hosting F1 races continued to really probably go up in excess of what the actual value of hosting one of these events is. Totally. This was the Turkey thing, right? Yeah. They yes. were they were getting people to the Turkish Grand Prix. There was no way to make that a profitable event given what they were paying to host it in the first place. By the way, I miss Turkey. Turkey was a great circuit yeah. too. Um, but I think that is doubly harmful when you are... Kind of turning your back on what should be F one Heartland, right? Like Germany is a racing nation. Yeah, it's where it it's, is a the car nation. Are, it's where yeah. our
0: drivers are from. It's yeah,
1: yeah. And so th- this notion that like F one, if if Ferrari is essential to to F one, which is kind of the the official line where there's you know Ferrari and F one they, they they go together. Mm. Uh, we'll see how the negotiations go. But if there's the if there's this idea that there's certain things that are essential to F one, then up there with that. I would say there are some races that should also be pretty much sacrosanct, uh, the equivalent of like Fenway and Yankee Stadium and Wrigley for F1. And I think the German Grand Prix, wherever you host it, I I actually like Hockenheim better than I do Nürburgring. Yeah, me too. Um, Yeah. So... I would be very bummed if this went away, and I'm not. And I'm not here for this idea of we can alternate years like Spa or something like yeah. that. Spa also should stay forever, like in my view. Yeah, it's a classic, totally. Yeah, and so like I don't know. I don't know where you cut things from the calendar, but I don't think it can. I, like I think it is. I think it is a bad mistake to say that uh, the German Grand Prix is something that. You, you should not try to strive and find an accommodation for.
0: Right. guess we'll have to wait and uh, f- see. I've just had another little... News uh search and nothing else has been said about it so yeah hopefully we'll we'll find it sooner rather than later i, I can't be that far off from showing off the, the calendar for next year surely especially after the break um thank you so much for listening to this podcast thank you so much for your support if you'd like to support the show you can do so at patreon.com slash shift f1 i am at Daniel O'Dwyer on twitter he is rob zachney at drew scanlon we'll be back next week um Hopefully it's a good race, otherwise he's going to be real bummed he missed this one. Uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening to us. We hope you had a, a wonderful race weekend and you're looking forward to this one. Thanks so much for just supporting the show, and we will see you next time. I hate setting myself up. Yeah.